Hello, welcome back to the See For Yourself podcast. We are here today. We're, we're not going to fuck around. We're going to get right on into it. Uh, the movie we have selected for today is Ghosts Can't Do It. I am your host, Scarold Harold, and I am joined here by... Oh, I, I was going to be Scary Steve. <laughs> well, hey, there's nothing wrong with us both being scary. Uh, this, is a, this is a scary episode. It's, it's, it's got a lot, of, yeah. a lot of fear factor in it, as it were. Uh, we're just going to jump right into the, uh, the movie blurb, sort of what the uh, internet tells us about the movie. This, this is, uh, for the record, this is a golden episode, an episode where uh, neither of your uh, scary hosts have seen the film. The film is Ghosts Can't Do It. There's a 1989 film in the romance comedy Persuasion, and it is described as a beautiful young widow is determined to bring her husband back to life at any cost. And that's uh, about all we get for the blurb. When did you say this movie was? 1980s? 1989, the very end of the 80s. Oof. The darkest point of the 80s, when they knew it was almost over and they'd have to go on into the 90s at, at, at any moment. That's why they call that song Party Like It's 1989. Oh, because they, they were just cashing in. It was, uh, the world was ending in the 90s. Wasn't yeah. that the Y2K thing? That was the joke in, in Party Like It's 1999, is that they believed that the world would end when uh, computers' uh, time had to roll over into the year 2000. You could basically, I, I think the reason this theory came about was that you could go through the calendar and everything all the way up till 1999 at the end of the year, and then it wouldn't let you go over into 2000. But you could go back into like 1899 and all this other stuff so a lot of people started to speculate well if you know an airplane's like timer or whatever couldn't roll over to the next year it would have difficulties and then they'd start falling out of the sky and so forth and it's just one of those like slippery slope arguments you know like a small thing could cause like devastating consequences that's where people got the idea once the date rolled over into january 1st of 2000 it would just not work anymore yeah, all this different technology we've become reliant upon would stop working as planned, and that would cause planes to fly out of the sky and land on major cities, and it would cause trains to run off the tracks, and it would cause so on and so forth. Like, uh, much like all of the really good conspiracy theories, there's like a grain of truth in there. Because like, yeah, maybe the clocks stop working, but I feel like gyroscopes are still going to do what they got to do. Along the same lines of uh, date-based conspiracy theories, I love hearing about the Mayan calendar. And it's like, oh, the mind, ca it stops right there in, in 2011. And it's like the calendar on my wall stops at the end of the year. And I'm reasonably sure I can get a new one after that. Like, maybe they just stop. They're like, all right, we've done 2000 years of this shit. Surely anybody reading this at that point will just be able to carry like they'll understand there's a 2012 after, right? Yeah, they'll, they'll have all the things necessary to know how to continue this specific clock we've had running for forever. It'll be fine. I think the reason that the Mayan calendar thing got traction, because your your example of like, well, I have a calendar that ends at a certain point. If somebody found that in like hundreds of years from now, would they just think like, this is when the year time was supposed to end and everybody was supposed to die, blah, blah, blah. The Mayans predicted other things that ended up coming true. All, all of those people were able to do it, unlike the ghosts in the movie we're about Ghosts can't do it. What does the uh, what does the title sort of evoke in your mind as far as uh, what the movie might include? If we're doing a rom com thing, like clearly they're trying to imply that ghosts can't say it. Say it like, a, like an adult. They can't fuck. So I, yeah, I, I feel the I, same way. I feel the same way. I'm hoping that it ends up being something a little bit different than that. Like that's that's the redirection they're going for. They're like, ah, ghosts can't fuck, but can they love or whatever the fuck it is they're gonna spin on us there. What is the in this description? What is the funny part here? 
Because because in my mind, I've seen other movies where they try to like, I'm going to go ahead and say it. And I know maybe you or some of our listeners haven't seen this movie, but I really hope they do a weekend at Bernie's with this. Like, I hope that's like kind of the, the bit they're going for here in terms of the comedy. She's got to find a way to bring her husband back from the dead, but she's got to bring her corpse with him everywhere she goes. And she has to like try to explain to people why this isn't actually a dead guy or a corpse she's bringing around. That'd be crazy. He's actually her loving husband who's very much alive right now. You know, the, the title makes me think one thing, but then you... You, you read the Frankenstein-esque blurb. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're both going to have their own little, like, their own subplots, where it's like, she, like you said, she's probably got his corpse going around, and um, I don't know what the hell she's going to do with this corpse, but it's going to be some wild shit. Meanwhile, he's going to be doing his own ethereal crap to try to get, like, back into... Oh, that's that's what's gonna happen. There's gonna be some wacky hijinks, and the and the corpse is gonna like end up in a in a dumpster or something like that, and gets carted off to the landfill. And he's like, "Oh well, I talked to God, and all I gotta do is just slip right back into my body. Bing, bang, boom, and we're done." So, uh, so where's the corpse? Oh, on its way to New Jersey. <laughs> I know that around this time, a lot of like really crazy movies were coming out. I'm not sure if this movie had come out yet or not. Uh, just like with, uh, I also don't know if Weekend at Bernie's had come out yet. Hellraiser? Did you ever watch Hellraiser? That, that's the one with the pinheads and shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I kind of hope it's like a Hellraiser situation. Like, so the plot of Hellraiser is basically this guy got taken to the alternate dimension where they like just torture you and like fuck you up. And he found a way to come back to our dimension, but he doesn't have his body anymore. All he has is like the ability to sort of reconfigure himself into like bones and like flesh basically and he's basically got his body just not the skin i also think he was like missing muscle and, and blood and stuff so he had to like drain that out of people in order to like get his body back we don't know if the husband is dead in the conventional sense or just in the sense of like he needs to be reinvigorated somehow he's still like quote unquote alive but only in spirit or something like that oh, i'm not i don't know if i'm hoping for this because this would be pretty wild in a rom-com <laughs> but like you know his consciousness is like able to be like hey go find me a fucking body to like put me into so i can live forever <laughs> this would be pretty ghoulish yeah that that definitely makes it feel a little bit more sinister uh, sort of like uh wasn't there a wonder woman movie that did that shit where it's like, um, oh, uh, Wonder Woman two or Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four or whatever it's called of the newer they, Wonder Woman movies. Yeah, the the bit where it's like they uh they hijack the poor dude's body and uh totally fuck in it, and and it's revealed at the end of the movie this wasn't like that that wasn't his body. It literally once they got his spirit out of it, it went back to being the regular guy's body, and they just had sex in a complete stranger's body and took him away from his job that he's definitely now fired from, and all these other complications that arrive mm -hmm. when you. So anyways, we're not watching Wonder Woman, but do you I, so so but that's a good question. Do you think that it will what what is the what is the thing that the the wife character will learn by the end of the movie? I don't know. For some reason I my brain is latched on to this idea that like she's going to die over the course of the movie so they can be together. That sounds like something they do. Do you um, think that that'll be like her like she'll realize like oh I can just die and that'll get me there and then she'll yeah. do you think she'll find a clever way to commit suicide or she'll just commit suicide wholeheartedly? No, I don't think she I think it's going to be an accidental thing. Like there's going to be wacky hijinks where she's trying to like Frankenstein his corpse. I don't know, something goes haywire. She does the actual Frankenstein thing and she pulls the lever and fucking electric herself and and then they're together again so what does she learn in that case she can does she have to learn to something because this is this is the 80s like i know yeah. it's at the end of the 80s but uh 
the era of samurai cop movies. Yeah, where women were set pieces. It is it is very exciting to see a female lead actress. Um, so like is is she actually like a lead actress? Like she's not she's not just going to be a sideline character while he does creepy ghost shit, right? I mean, she was the main character of the blurb. Like, he's he's the supporting actor. I mean, we also don't know if he even acts in this. He could literally just be a body for all of it until maybe the last scene or something. We don't know if he'll be in it as a character whatsoever. I guess that's true. The title and the blurb really feel like two different movies. Ghost Can't Do It feels like sexy, raunchy... Patrick Swayze in Ghost, where they're doing the fucking uh, the clay, the clay brief mm-hmm. thing. And the title feels like that's the movie we're going to get. And then you read the blurb, and it feels like a like a B movie about having sex with a ghost. What, what was that? What was that movie with the uh, Frankenstein? And it was uh, Frankenhooker. Young Young Frankenstein. Yeah, the the blurb feels like Young Frankenstein, and the title feels like Ghost. Frankenhooker might also be a good example of. I have yet to see Frankenhooker. I look forward to the day that I get to see it, and it might be an episode of the podcast. But Frankenhooker, huh? Yeah, I, I do believe it is available. We might have to record it just to just so we can get it while we still can. For the record, I do think that she's not going to learn anything, and that the point of the movie is the. Comm- to hijinks and she doesn't actually learn anything over the course of it i i think it's very possible for the movie for her to do all this crazy stuff to get him back to life she gets him back to life at the end and then it's just happily ever after i i think that's a possibility i think it's also possible she learns that like he was kind of an asshole the whole time and she doesn't actually want to be with him she just wants to be with somebody and she just sort of like through the hijinks meets somebody else and learns to ditch him and get with somebody who doesn't treat her poorly. I think it's going to be like a coincidental thing. I I, I feel like we're going to see him in the movie as his ghost and like I bet you like maybe he finds a, a ghost lady like she runs into somebody who's trying really hard to help her revive her husband and it doesn't work and they end up falling in love over that and meanwhile the, the same thing happens in ghost world over the course of the film or like in the last few scenes no there's I feel like there's gonna be a build up to it she's gonna get somebody to help her do her shit over the course of the movie and and you know they're gonna have buddy cop shit going on where it's like oh you uh, this is why I want to bring my husband back because you're horrible well you're horrible too but god would i fuck you okay and meanwhile same thing in ghost world i do not think that will happen but i think it is a really cool idea i think here we are rewrite movies again (laughs) that is that is really fucking neat I mean, it's very, I feel like it's very formulaic. Like, I feel like I didn't describe something that wasn't done in some form somewhere else. Well, there are a lot of movies where, like, a guy and a girl end up partnering up for some reason, and over the course of the movie, they're like, oh, I don't really like you, I don't really like you either. And then by the end, they're kind of like, actually, I do like you, let's get together. And there's also a lot of movies where, like, the girl has, like, a partner already, and she brings him along, and over the course of the film, she realizes she doesn't like the other guy as much, and so on and so forth. Discussing the uh, subplot of Frozen is why I think it's familiar. There's a lot of movies that this is the subplot, too. This is, like, (laughs) almost every Indiana Jones movie has him, like, partnered up with some girl that he's not really interested in, or that he has difficulty getting her through all the different action sequences in the film, and he's frustrated with her for that, but they ultimately end up falling in love by the end um falling in love quote unquote that's like every indiana jones movie basically i think Kroll is the name of the movie also has a similar plot almost every like comedy with like a romantic subplot has something like this in it the wedding singer i think is one of them he like gets matched up with this girl and they kind of like each other at first but then he finds out she's getting married and he's like oh dang and he doesn't get along with her husband but then he finds out the husband was being a bad cheaty boy don't go cheating bad on you bad 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 he sort of like finds a way to reveal 
reveal that to her and also uh, express his affections for her and then they get together. The girl doesn't really learn anything in that case other than thanks for informing me that my husband's a cheater or my fiance is a cheater. The guy, I don't know if he really learned anything. I'm hoping it's it's neither of those, but it, like as we're, we're describing it, I'm like, there are a lot of movies like this, so it could, could be the case. The interesting part is that it seems like the husband's already dead at the beginning of this film. I neglected to point this out earlier, but the movie is rated very lowly across IMDb score. And across the tomatoometer? Yeah. It's uh, like a two out of 10, basically. So it's it's considered a very bad movie. Anything in that range of like a one to a two, or even like like anything that's a three or below, basically, very likely to be so bad it's hilarious. That's So I've noticed that in my own tastes lately, that I've been having a lot of fun with bad movies. Like, especially when you know ahead of time that it's going to be bad. You, you can go in with such low expectations that really they just got to meet the bar. And yeah, a lot much like Samurai Cop, like every thing that made it bad was also endearing almost. I, I think I told you I watched Morbius recently. I, like, I knew it was going to be some Marvel shit, so I wasn't expecting anything great. But, like, af after watching smart movies for this for this shit show we're running, I was, I was really trying to analyze it, and I'm like, man, they just ham-fisted this shit out of everything. It, it made me really frustrated. A lot of newer movies that are considered, like, high-budget, like, blockbuster type of movies are really bad in that way it's it's never fun when a movie does that sort of like uh we're just gonna we're just gonna really let the audience know what they're supposed to be thinking about right now what really Are really you paying attention <laughs> yeah really scream it into the camera is there anything that you want to say about what you imagine will be in the movie before we cut to it i know that we spent a little bit of time talking off off subject but uh, is there anything you'd like to add before we jump uh into the movie no i think i i think i covered it pretty much in what i'm hoping to see I don't know what I should expect to see out of it, though. If I'm not close, I feel like I made a better movie in my head. I do hope that, I, I will say this, I hope that there is something that we can point to as a cause for this movie getting such a low rating on the rating score. I, I do hope that there's actually something we can point to. I, I'm not a huge fan of movies getting low ratings unjustly or just because people were like, this wasn't fitting, I guess, my expectations or something like that, you know? Right. I don't think we'll ever add that as part of our podcast where we sort of like go through the scores and see why people are saying it's bad. It is something that concerns me sometimes and I'm sure we'll get into that in another episode or something. But uh, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll just, we'll call it here and we are gonna jump into the, the movie So we are back from having watched the movie. I will say for me, it was an eye-opening experience. I feel like I learned so much from that movie. Just like a whole lot of no there. I think you called it during the opening of this that they didn't, nothing was learned. That there, there wasn't a moral. Nobody learned anything. There wasn't any growth. The the few times I thought that they were going to do something like really smart for the late 80s, early 90s, they didn't do it. And there was shit that they just left there that didn't pick up on. And I like this is all this is almost not a movie. I, uh, I don't know what the fuck they were going for here. I wholeheartedly disagree. I thought the movie had so much to offer in terms of watching a movie and just like trying to convey a very specific sort of feeling. Yeah, the, the, there wasn't anything learned by the end. That's true. 
they did they did try to trick you into thinking that was the way they were going to go with it though for a second there right several several seconds in it i know for me i was thinking they were going to try to have the dead guy played by i think anthony quinn the the angel approaches him and says like oh hey you know you might go to hell and they try to like bring up the potential for hell for the first time in the movie at the end of the film <laughs> right and like there, there's there's been no consequences stated for any of this until the very end where it's like maybe you should stop telling her what to do and he's like yeah maybe i should do that hey let her know that there's going to be consequences yet yeah. hey, hey babe uh you could go to hell for this i'll fucking kill him i don't care tell me where he is <laughs> the complete 180 on that was nuts to me because i kept being like well i guess like maybe she learns trying to kill for your significant other like you know do anything for them is not appropriate but she goes like 180 on that like a scene later literally the very next scene she's like you know on second thought i will <laughs> Yeah, no, the, the point where I thought there was going to be some growth was, um, so that, that scene where not really Hitman comes and tries to kill her in the bathhouse, up until that scene, she's been a mouthpiece for him, which, yeah, yeah. you know, if we were going to, like, liken this to modern movie making, then that would have been her, like, actually being tutored in how to be, like, a functional adult, because she even mentions, like, oh, you know, he tried to get me into the business, but I, I didn't like that. I just sort of wanted to, like, go outside with him and, like, have fun. And I, I, uh, wanted, I wanted to be his contemporary, uh, like, nuclear wife, basically. Right. So so then she's basically being his mouthpiece, you know, fighting Donald Trump for, for the stakes of her company. And then even when, when she's getting attacked by this man, she's like, but I'm not a man. And I thought this is when, you know, they were going to start leading up to her learning. You know, I do have to, I can't just be a fun-loving woman my entire life. I have to have some stakes in my life and take control. No, that wasn't it. I also just while we while we casually mention the fact that Donald Trump is in this movie, which neither of us <laughs> knew going in somehow. If you Google the movie, it doesn't come up that Donald Trump is in it, but he's in it twice, sort of like in Home Alone 2, like where he just sort of shows up and has like a couple lines. But one of the exchanges, specifically the second exchange, really struck me because it's just the lead actress, Bo Derek, and Donald Trump in a room alone talking to each other. And immediately I'm kind of like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, a woman alone with Donald Trump. Oh, um, what's happening? <laughs> but, but then sh she's like, oh, you know, did I did I win the, the corporate game, basically? They, they're super vague about what it is they're doing here. It seems like they're like taking a vote to see who gets to have control of the company. But like, if she is the primary shareholder, it doesn't really matter, right? Maybe she's not the primary shareholder and she just has quite a few shares and she just has to convince the other people to vote her way. But they just well, don't show that portion where she convinces people to vote her way. I, I also don't really under, like I'm not saying that I'm fully cognizant of how the business world works. He mentions that like she's the chairman now or something like that, which I don't think gets transferred along marriage lines. I think that like when the chairman of the board dies, the rest of them vote on who gets to be the new chairman. So yeah, I mean, unless unless he in his will wrote off his 51% of the company to her, but that wouldn't make her chairman of the board, that would just make her majority stockholder. I do not know. I don't have a good understanding of it myself either. But the fact that they didn't show any of that other than like her basically saying, hey, don't come against me because I'll beat you. And then her saying, did I win? And Donald Trump saying, 
yep, you won. Like, but, he, but he doesn't even say it like that. It's like, did I beat everybody? And he's like, well, no, you played the situation well. So did I win? Well, I think you played the situation well. So what you're saying is I, I beat the situation, but I didn't beat you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically the actual like plot relevant part of that scene. The next part of that scene is her saying, I really look up to you. I really like you. I've read your book. It was really good. And then him being like, oh, that's, that's very good. And then she says, and I noticed you like paying special attention to me in the meeting and like really looking me up. And I think that you're attracted to me. And he goes, oh. You notice that also. <laughs> is this just a scene for like jerking off Donald Trump and jerking off Bo Derek? Like, I'll jerk you off. You're a really smart guy who wrote a good book about business and you know about business. You're such a cool business guy. And then you have to jerk me off by saying I'm really pretty. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I thought when they mentioned the book that that was just like this was this was a, a nobody movie. And so they're like, maybe we should get some of the people. Know. People know Donald Trump and he's like, I'll be in the movie, but you got to promote my book. I want it front and center on the cover of the movie. And they're like, well, we can't do that. It's like, well, you got to mention it at least all right, all right. We'll, we'll meet you in the middle there well this isn't entirely a nobody movie some of these actors are like they're they're actors from older movies that are well known um, I, I also i did a quick google right after the movie and i guess bo derrick and uh whoever mr derrick is yeah John derrick yeah apparently they have a whole lot of shit that's basically just this so let's talk about that really quick so john derrick and bo derrick are married right john derrick was born in 1926 this movie came out in 1986 was it 1989. Yeah. Yeah. So 1986 at one point in the movie, I think it was supposed to be set in 1986. Yeah. So, so the movie came out in 1989. So he'd be pretty old when this movie came out. Bo Derek was born 1956 and they were married in 1976. That would mean that they were married when Bo Derek was 20 and John Derek was 50. So this we is should... just a love letter to themselves. I think it. I think it's exactly that. Scott's character literally says at one point, "Well, I was 50 when we were, when we met." He either says when we met or when we got married. He says, "I was 50 then," and I don't remember if it was when they had met or when they had gotten married. That's weird that that number is specifically in the movie. Grief. Yeah, I I do think this movie is sort of just like a maybe they had a conversation one time like. I love you so much, baby. And she's like, I love you too. And he's like, what would you be willing to do for me? What would you I'd do? I'd literally to like go to Hawaii and murder a young man for you. And that's, it's crazy that the movie did really try not to have her murder anybody. Like it tried so hard to have that happen. And it also kind of broke its own rules because it, it said that he can take over a body, but only if it's at the moment of death, which right. to me, because his company is worth like $2 billion in the eighties and she's getting millions of dollars added into that from her selling the pearls or whatever the fuck other things that like when he died, she'd just get rid of. Why didn't she just spend a couple hundred million dollars buying like a hospital and then being like hey if an attractive young man comes in and he's like on his last leg can you call me and so i can come in and have a word with him that would solve this problem i imagine pretty much in the same week as buying that hospital well attractive people don't go to hospitals that's true attractive people are young and healthy and they don't need to see a hospital because if you're young and healthy hospitals are irrelevant so the other thing i felt like there was a lot of shit in the movie that didn't take off like they put it in there and it didn't take off like that scene with donald trump but also like ghost quinn is is like furious at several points in the movie is like stop talking to that asshole hey he's hitting on you stop doing that and his buddy there who's like trying to help her run the company is like come on to my riverboat and we'll discuss the company over frozen mimosas or something like that but like he doesn't make a move or anything or like maybe he does make a move later on the plane and it's like yeah you're right i probably shouldn't do that sorry quinn's ghost 
But I, I didn't feel like any of that evolved into something that mattered. Yeah, so the, the amount of pressure that was actually on her to potentially cheat was pretty much non-existent. Is this movie a romance movie in your mind? Is this movie at all about romance? It's definitely more rum than calm, because this wasn't a funny movie. <laughs> yeah, there's next to no funny parts. The The romance aspect of it, I guess, is like the amount of like discussion that is had about sex. I guess is how you define a romance movie because that's I thought that was the it. weirdest shit in the beginning too. Cause it was like while, while she's getting purred on, on the beach in like a full frontal nudity scene, one of many full frontal nudity scenes with like, Oh yeah. The, the one redeeming aspect of those nude scenes is that she's fully naked and it's not like just right up on her titties or right up on her ass. Like you get to see the whole damn thing. And a yeah, lot yeah. of times movies won't have that. And that's, that's good. Like it's a, it's a, it's just a naked lady. It's not like sexualized naked lady. Right. There are some scenes like that, but at least in that one, she's basically just a naked lady on a beach for it's at least changing. a couple frames of it. Yeah. But yeah. So that, that weird conversation in the beginning where she's like, so you, you'd go into another body and like, do me. That's so kinky. We've never been kinky before. That was a weird scene to me. The fact that they said kinky and said, like, we're not kinky people, like, we don't do that. That's It's so weird that that's considered kinky because she's not even, like, really fucking a different man. She's still fucking her husband in that scenario. Right. We're, we're talking about, like, resurrection and murder. And she's like, God, that's so kinky. Yeah, You've never done that before. You're right. I've never died and inhabited somebody else's body to fuck you before. You caught me. It, it is weird how quickly it devolves into, well, what about the sex? Are we going to be able to fuck? <laughs> Right. That's that's and what I was, I was surprised with like how how upfront they were that that was the point here. And she's like, "But but Quinn, ghosts can't do it." It's like, "Can you just say ghosts oh, can't?" Because she, she, she said, said the it title. too. Yeah, she said the title. We can roll credits right right at like the 20 minute mark. She's like, "Ghosts can't do it." Bam. And you were, and and we were right. Like, "Can't do it" literally means can't fuck. I was hoping um, it, I I know I mentioned it. I'll mention it again. I was hoping that it would mean something more than that. Like, "Ghosts can't" And then at the end, it's like, you know, you, you really should stop telling her what to do. You should let her make her own decisions. And then it's like, oh, ghosts can't affect the living world. But they can. And and he got what he wanted. And everybody lived happily ever after, except oh, for Falsto Gibaldi. So first of all, the lack of, like, that was fucked up. That, like, we, we basically took over a guy's body. But, like, also the way that the angel, like, sees him, like, actually get into the body. And she says, you're the most willful. That's her last words to him and her last line in the movie. And it just seems so out of place. Do, do you remember that scene? I got it was pretty not memorable. But, yeah, for him to be like, oh, you breaking the rules again. Because, you know, he says that several times in the movie. It's like, I'm not I'm not one for rules. And she rid ridicules him for that in the beginning. I, I didn't love the, the angel character at all. It feels like it. the movie is just better if he's in there alone. And he's kind of just figuring this out, like, on his own. And nobody's telling him this is a normal thing or this is not a normal thing. It does seem like he's very willful. Like, he solved how to, like, have ghost conversations with regular people. Also, the white witch character who had nothing to do the entire film. Yep, she's like, of course, I'm a white witch. Of course I know about freaking possessions. And, and actually, while we're talking about the angel lady, like, in the beginning, it's like, I'm here to handle your case. You're my first case. We don't talk about that ever again. The movie is actively made better if the angel's not in it. Because it does seem like, in that case, Scott has stuff to do, and he's figuring this out on his own, and he is willful. Like, he, he solved this problem. He's such a great man that he earned his right to come back by figuring out how to do this instead of like an angel being like, yeah, you can do ghost stuff here. You're basically a ghost. Go be, go be a ghost. And it feels kind of like the angel sort of like 
told him what to do and then he started doing it and then she checked back in on him and was like oh you went a little far with this you might go to hell you know and then he's like oh fuck i didn't realize how did you forget that hell was a thing i think she even mentions it earlier it's like well you know that the devil has something and and uh angels have wings haha <laughs> so i mean i guess the hell was mentioned but not it might have been mentioned you- very briefly I was really hoping the movie would turn out the way that I said it would because the the angel lady is like an older woman, like maybe not as old as Scott's character, but you know they they're closer in age than uh, Katie there. So I, I was really hoping that there would be some like romantic shenanigans, but there wasn't. This this was barely rom, barely calm. I also like how the movie didn't do a great job of like framing a lot of the like men's like super rapey actions as rapey as they were when the guy came into her shower and was like staring at her she like treats him very kindly and is basically like oh hey you came into the wrong shower you kind of scared me there it's over there and he's like still staring at her and just standing there real creepy like and she's like do you need any help are you are you lost or and he's like no and she's like oh so then this is where you want to be and you're okay i'm in trouble then and like Wow, that took so long for you to figure out this guy's peeping on you. You're the only woman here. How are you not terrified? Hausto too. Like he also had like a scene like that where like at first it was kind of just being treated like he was just being a normal dude. And then by the end of it, she's beating him over the head with a club and saying like, hey, uh, don't do this. You're assaulting me. And it's like, no, he was assaulting you from moment one. Like you should have been on top of this. Right. I, I thought he was there to like steal their, uh, by the way, really cool fish chandelier. Yeah. That, the gold, yeah. the goldfish chandelier. I know that yeah, fish was supposed to be like an exotic koi fish or something, but it's clearly just a goldfish. It's just a goldfish and it's protecting like the biggest black pearl or something like that. And I thought it was a cool shot. Like, I think we're supposed to realize that, you know, he's not there to chase her romantically. He's actually just there to steal the pearl, you know, and that's sort of supplemented by the scene earlier where he's like peeping through her window while she's talking about how much money she has in black pearls. And But anyways, that shot where it's like we see him through the fishbowl, the, the fishbowl chandelier and yeah. his face is all like distorted. I thought that was a cool shot. Like if there was a redeeming factor, it would be that shot there. The single best shot in the film. And it's not even a shot thing. It's like an editing thing because the editing is insane. Did you notice that? I didn't. If there is one thing about this movie that's fucking loco banana nut crazy, it's how like the editing is literally just, there's like a part, he just had the heart attack and he's trying to go for a walk with her. And she's like, are you sure you can go for a walk? Are you going to be able to do that? And he's like, I could do it. Ha ha ha. And he's got that like gusto. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, okay, he's going to die on this walk. Because that's what they're setting up here. And they go on the walk. And he says like something really benign to her. Like, oh, you know, uh, I've had such a lovely life with you. We've had such a good time. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's about to keel over after saying something like that, right? How do you not? And then it just transitions to them being at home together. Just like hanging out at home talking. The, like on an almost immediate cut. It's like a fade in cut. Why did we take so much time for them to go on a walk? And for him to say something so, okay. And now they're in the bedroom together, hanging out, talking. What the fuck? And they, the movie does this so often where it just like sort of randomly and all of a sudden very jarringly cuts to something completely different and doesn't explain in the previous scene why that happened. And they the did best- that in like the first 12 minutes where like there's him going through his heart attack and uh, weird cowboy drugs just being shot into his stomach for no reason. And then he's in the hospital. This is the best version of this like sudden jarring transition because specifically yeah. when this happens, he's saying like, 
oh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And she's like, no, you're definitely going to, you're going to make it. It's going to be fine. And as soon as she like reassures him, it cuts to the heart rate monitor. And it's like, I thought that one was good. And I thought he was going to die right there. The the jarring scene that I brought up is how like immediately after the hospital one, the, the, the guy in the gold shirt is like, they're now back at the house. And he's like, listen to me, damn it. You just left the room. What, where, where did you come from? Yeah, has he fully recovered yet? Or did y'all just like, I don't know, drive him home after that? He's rich. You can do whatever you want, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a bunch of them right there in that early part. And then in the part where, like, uh, she's starting to, like, uh, I guess, go on dates with uh, Winston, she just goes from being on a plane to being on a train to being on a boat. And it just shows, like, all these different modes of transportation that she's taking. And there's no like, rhyme or reason to why it's cutting to her being in these different modes of transportation. It just suddenly is like, and now a train. And now she's on an elephant. They did that later, too, when it's like, oh, you'll never get there in time if you're on... You'll never get there in time to kill him if you just take the boat. Uh, she's like, I got it all take the plane and then i'll jump out of the plane while it's still running and i'll get on a little tuk-tuk and, and i'll take that and it's like at least with that one they did give a reason why she would have to go from these different things and in the other one it's like i i guess the reason why she was going from hong kong back to the hawaiian islands or whatever but like they didn't explain that they were just kind of like and now i'm hanging out with winston and now i'm on a, a train and now i'm on this airplane and now i'm on and it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, can we, like, Winston literally just described his love for you or whatever, and you're just like, wow, you really do love me? Plane, train, automobile, uh, uh, elephant, like, boom, 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 <laughs> God damn. Oh, oh, God. And, like, how much of the, like, rhetoric of the movie is, like, weirdly, like, pseudo-Christian, pseudo-religious? So that weird, I didn't notice that until it was super jarring for me to see, um, whenever the hell it was raining or whatever, and she's dancing for another very rapey scene, by the way, where all the old men are like, no, 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 leave her alone. I just want to watch her dance. I've never oh. seen a woman dance casually in my, because she's not, like, throwing that bitch back. Like, she's basically just sort of, like, doing a two-step, effectively. And they're just like, oh, my God! <laughs> yeah, and, and then the, the fucking, the, the pastor's over there, like, basically getting a heart on it. And he's like, stop it! That's Satan making you do that! I didn't understand why that was there. Yeah, it didn't really fit the rest of the themes of the film. It felt really weird. And then even her husband was like, let's just do a slow dance now. And I'm like, the fuck are you talking about, dude? You were just getting, like, kind of woke about, like, I can't believe I dated a woman, like, 30 years younger than me. Didn't and I never danced. Dancing. I didn't, like, I, he, she even talks about how, like, he wouldn't, he would get, like, upset seeing her dance. She can't just dance casually in her own home or She's like, I would dance in the shower or in the kitchen if you weren't there or something. And I'm like, what the fuck? The whole thing felt like he had groomed her for a cult or something like that. Because it's like the great Scott, the, the great one. She called oh. him like great one three times in the movie. And I'm like, the great one? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I was I was put off by that. I couldn't tell if like Great Scott was supposed to be a reference to Back to the Future. Let me let me double check if Back to the Future came out before this. <laughs> had even been out yet. Yes, Back to the Future had been out for four years by the time this movie uh So Great Scott would be a funny gag to throw in there, but the, the really? great one and like j just the weirdly controlling old man throughout the whole movie is just the wildest shit for me. Again, that was one of the options we gave for how this movie could be good, where she sort of realizes she has a bad relationship with this guy. And it felt kind of like the movie was going that way. Where like, oh, you didn't let me dance. And Winston's letting me dance. Stuff like that. 
So towards the end of the movie where, you know, now he's gotten the body and she didn't have to murder anybody and everybody lives happily ever after. And they're uh, they're fucking on hay bales or something like that. And she she it looks like she's crying and trying to get away from him. She's like, I can't do this. I thought that was going to be her like understanding how horrible it was that they had done stuff. And they're like, no, I can't do this. As in, I can't just keep having sex repeatedly. I need a break. Yeah. Oh, oh, we still didn't learn anything. No, that's dope. I thought the movie was about to become one of my favorite movies ever. And like just full tilt turn into a horror film. Right. I thought this was leaning like a picture of Dorian Gray style story that this was all going to get horrific. Where she like is haunted by what she ended up having to do. And he literally says, like, prepare to die. And then he crawls after her. And I'm like, yo, there's a cut of this movie that turns it into a horror film. Like, if you just cut it the right way, like some clever editing, you turn this movie into a horror film easily. I would have I would have probably enjoyed it more. Yeah. Like, like, OK, so so after the like, well, then prepare to die. And then he crawls after her. Imagine when the crawling starts happening, it just suddenly cuts there and then credits. Because there's another scene after that. And that scene's in there basically just to let you know that they're still Kidding, everything's in love fine. and everything's okay yeah it's 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 literally just him being like this body's not as athletic as i thought and she's like you're such a beautiful bastard and he's like haven't i always been and she's like yeah and they're like smiling and hugging and riding on horses and whatever the fuck and it's like okay so i guess he doesn't kill her during the weird having sex with another man's body sex scene that was just them actually just having like playful sex i guess cool this might actually be the most controversial film we've watched on this podcast really I mean, oh yeah, no, I can see it. There are other weirder films for sure, but controversial in terms of like stuff that's like that's fucked up to see in a movie. Just the fact that Donald Trump was in the movie twice is enough for me to be like that's pretty controversial. To see all this other stuff too, dude, I was I was blown away when they actually brought up reincarnation as a concept in the movie. I was like, in my mind, that should have been one of the first things they thought about is like, hey, is there a way I can like get into like unborn child's body or like maybe an animal or something like that? Like, what are the different options? be the creepy old one in the relationship which they were already kind of leaning into he literally says like oh he's a bit young for my taste but you know it's her turn she can have a younger body now and i'm just like god this is like the weirdest and the the, the fucked up part about this that i have to consider is like a lot of the ideologies like placed in this movie but i'm not a man i'm just a woman i oh no there's nothing i can do to defend myself even though later in the movie she literally like kicks a guy in the mouth and then like clubs him over the head like she can clearly defend herself and that's I thought situation. they were gonna like rectify that in that scene itself because he's you know he's like oh if I was there in your body I'd give him the one too she she cheeks the pills and then pulls him into the to the fucking pool and he just repeats whatever line it was that he had just said and so then she swallows the pills and wakes up in bed yeah she, she so the line he gives specifically is if you don't take these pills I'll give it to you as a suppository and then it cuts to the next scene. And it's just her in the bed, lying face down with her ass up, which seems to me to be clever editing to indicate he did give it to her as a suppository. Which is weird, because this movie seems to be able to do some clever visual storytelling. I can't tell if it's on purpose or on accident, because the rest of the movie indicates that they're just willing to do very jarring, sudden jump cuts to the next scene to just go ahead and get it there. Like, they accidentally did that uh, jump cut to the hospital, and it's like, oh no, but (laughs) they, they weren't able to accidentally do it again. They're like, I don't know why that works, we're just gonna keep doing jump cuts till something happens. Yeah, so something sticks. I, I have no fucking clue. The, the jump cuts are definitely a really good example of why this movie sort of earned its its low rating score online. And definitely the very creepy themes that they just don't do anything with. Like, they're just like, yep, it's it's creepy. And that's how it's supposed to be. I thought it would have been interesting if the, 
if they like uh, really dialed in on the fact that she looks like a fucking crazy person because it at the very like in the funeral at the very beginning she's like she's talking to to ghost scott and the woman beside her keeps looking up like lady would you shut the fuck up we're at a funeral what are you doing throughout the whole movie she just keeps doing that it's like oh they'll think i'm crazy and then they're at whatever nice little polite hawaiian ceremony there is for the the other old man that we haven't met yet they're doing whatever traditional shit they're supposed to be doing and she's like yes i'll kill him i'll do it but like nobody ever lashes her up in a straitjacket or anything like that they're just like oh rich women well i think it, it might be because like they especially on the island at least basically anywhere where people know her they're just going to give her a pass because she's effectively worth two billion dollars now oh uh, yeah like, what are they gonna do like put her in a straitjacket and then she just gets her lawyers to come by and she's good to go now like rich people are an entirely different beast than like you or me yeah i guess that's true and especially in the 80s. In the 80s, you're rich. You just get away with whatever. You literally get away with murder. Yeah, but yeah that's the other thing. I know you mentioned, like, her buying a hospital or something like that. But it's like, she's rich. And the, the old man ghost clearly, you know, doesn't have a problem with, like, some dicey shit. So why wasn't why wasn't he like, hey, so I, I got this buddy from back in the day. You write him a... You write him a check for a million dollars, and he'll go find us a body right now. Yeah. yeah. I, I do not know why that was not something that was immediately on the table. Or at the very least, they could have been like, talk to Donald Trump. He's skeevy as fuck. I'm sure he can find you a fucking guy. Right. And like, why did she have to kill somebody her damn self? I don't know. I think maybe they didn't want to have to explain the situation to someone. But if you're rich, you usually just pay more money not to explain it. She's already been explaining to everybody that she's talking to the ghost of her dead husband or whatever. Yeah. So clearly it's not that big of an issue to have to explain what the fuck's going on i i don't know man it's it's just another one of those things that like the movie doesn't really think about all that hard i do think that there's a portion of this that like whoever's directing this or whoever is like helping along with like decision making is like hey we can't just have rich people use their rich superpowers to solve all their problems the problems we can use richness to solve are like how do we get from one location to another oh well i'm just rich i'll just buy a plane and have it fly me wherever i need or whatever the fuck, right? But we can't just have them solve, well, how do I get my hands on a dead body? If we just answer that question with, well, I'm rich, it kind of like ruins the conceit of the film, right? Yeah, all right. But that's unfortunate because like we could have spent a lot of this movie, hey, we solved the problem with our richness, but the problem we can't solve with our richness is having to live with the fact that I just had to pay to have a man murdered. And now I'm literally sleeping with the consequences of that action, which is to me, a strictly more cool. interesting film. Yeah. Yeah. Super, 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 super interesting by comparison. It's it's nuts to me that nobody on the fucking writer's room for that was like, yeah, this is what to do. But I I do think that it's a lot to do with the fact that John Derrick, uh, the director of this movie, is basically just, hey, I want to make a movie about how I feel about being on death's door right now. <laughs> he died nine years right. after this movie, just so you know. He died how many years? Nine. Nine. All right. He was like, I know I'm on the way out. I just want, whenever you think of me, child wife, I just watch this movie and you'll know exactly how I feel. And if you killed somebody, I wouldn't be mad about it. I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little bit stitious. There's a part of me that's like, I don't know for a fact that this movie didn't happen in real life. <laughs> so that way when they're in, <laughs> she's going to court for this shit, it's like, no, 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 you're, you're being ridiculous. You're just quoting the scene from that movie. I mean, that's, that's probably what it is. If like some shady shit started happening and like people started like 
putting it together, she could be like, y'all are, y'all are nuts. We literally made a movie about what you're insinuating is happening right now. That's, that's how crazy you sound right now. And it's like, no, y'all were just covering your tracks for what you like already knew you were going to have to do in a couple of years. You know, it is weird that the actor who played Fausto was never seen again. God. And like how just strictly villainous Fausto was, he just, he just starts hitting on like people like, like out of nowhere. And then it was weird that what's her name? Katie was so quick to judge Fausto as like, I don't like like what's inside of you your your outsides look okay but your insides are just terrible aside from like the two scenes where he's the bad guy where he's like snooping on her earlier later on after she calls him fucking filthy i guess is uh when he's trying to steal that pearl but he's had like no character development over the course of this for a while i thought he was done with the movie until he magically shows up during that creepy scene where the old men are watching her dance and and it's not as if he's the only one ogling her it throughout the whole film throughout the whole film any man that can ogle her does the movie is made to make her seem like the just the object of everyone's affection it's weird that she's willing to like give the like the mayor of the little island he's treated as like a, a nice you know friend of hers even though he definitely was ogling her throughout the film and like you know trying to be all sweethearty on her why is he not worth slapping two times or whatever the fuck you know also what was with that shit where it's like she goes to the prison to go kill him in prison and it's like oh no lady the mayor took him off in, in a boat or something like that and i was like oh they're gay lovers and that's why he had to like steal her away and it's like or or maybe there was a plot with him and, and the black pearls but like nothing came of that so initially i thought it was going to be because he said like i'll put him in jail and then i'll figure out how to punish him i thought it was going to be that the mayor took him out so he could go and have him killed like discreetly but like that's not very discreet to have your prison guards like tell people who was the last one seen with him that's not discreet and when they find his body he's like he's underwater in like a net and i'm like oh that must be it that's how he like disposed of his body that's how they got rid of him no he had scuba gear on he coincidentally had a scuba diving accident it's possible they could have put like a scuba outfit on him and to try to make it look like it was an accident or something but the movie but the again, it just comes up is like there's a stranger swimming over on that private island that you the mayor own yeah the movie just doesn't give us enough for us to come away with that it's all these like little supplementary scenes of, you know showing the mayor like taking him out on a boat while he's like struggling in the back and then like hitting him over the head and throwing him in the water and that would be enough for us to know oh yeah that was what the mayor was doing and he was just withholding that information from her so that he wouldn't get caught or get in trouble or something like that it does seem weird that the mayor basically like pulled him out of the prison and just didn't want to tell her like, yeah, I pulled him out of the prison either because he didn't want to anger her or because he actually tried to kill him and didn't want to get in trouble. Right. Or any, any number of ways that that could have been explained. They just, they didn't do anything with it. And I, I don't know what I would have done instead. Cause I guess she can't just like try to attempt to kill somebody in jail with guards around. So I guess that's why they did it. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it does seem like the barrier to entry for like solving this problem is so low. Just find an attractive man who's dying and I'll jump into his body. For me, the more complicated problem here is if we do kill the guy, you've never jumped into a body before. What if you fuck it up? Right. I thought that was how it was going to turn out when um when they're like, you have to do it right at the moment of death. I thought that was going to be it. Like they were going to do the rat poison thing and it's like, is he dead yet? No, oh, he's been dead for 30 seconds and I missed it. Time to do it again. Sort of like um, when we watched Brain Dead, and it was like, oh, he asks the worst of him. When when I when you read the blurb and it was like does anything to get him back, I definitely thought there was going to be more than the one murder. I mean, one murder is enough to be pretty heinous. 
Uh, it's sure. not as if that's a, that's a low asking price. It's just weird that there should have been like a scene early on where they just came across like a dying guy and he tried to jump in and had some difficulty and then was like getting more greedy about it. Like, come on, come on. If I just try one more time, I'll be able to get it. Oh, I didn't get it the second time either. Third time's the charm. And then it would become like, wow, you keep trying to get your wife to either come across dying people or like maybe as it goes on, it becomes less like stop trying to come across dying people and start just killing people so I can try to figure out how this works. And that leans more into my idea of like the angel shouldn't have been there. This way, there's like an excuse for him not to know what the fuck he's doing. This would have been a lot cooler as a horror movie because every time, every time something gets brought up, it just would have been better as a horror movie. Well, and it, and it's so crazy that there's so many horror elements to this movie, and it's trying to sell itself as a romance or a comedy. And it 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 barely does either. It certainly was not a comedy. I can't think of a single movie, a, a single scene in this movie where I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of silly in a rom-com aspect. Like, none of it. I mean, when she slaps Fausto, that's kind of funny. But I guess that's sort of silly. In just that, like, if you think that, like, violence on someone for next to no reason is, like, funny. I don't get it. Like, he basically was just saying, like, hey, I'm, I'm hitting on you. I'm letting you know that I'm interested. And... Certainly, he was, like, more pushy than I would have been, but, like... Was he, though? Like, in that first scene, he wasn't that bad, where it's like, so, Mayor, are you gonna introduce us, or, uh... I guess it's hard to tell, because we don't know exactly how uh, Bo felt about him, like, seeing her on the beach. Did Bo know that he was, like, seeing her naked, and she's actually offended by that this entire time? Oh, she yeah, doesn't make that very clear. Didn't he say that, too? It's like, oh, I saw a bit more than uh, than just that. She, she, I guess, she I guess that warrants a slap. Noting to her face that you saw her naked might be the thing that pushed her over on that. And if that's the case, I agree. Like, somebody just bold-facedly telling you, like, I saw you naked and it was pretty hot. We, we talked about this early on, how, like, it would be nice to have a female protagonist in the film. But we kind of don't really have one. Katie just sort of does whatever Scott tells her to only gets agency in the film at the very, very end, or not the very, very end, at the very, like, the fake climax, or I guess the climax of the movie, but it's sort of the fake-out climax, because then we get the real climax where Anthony Quinn's character Scott comes back to life. That's the real climax of the movie. The only time she gets agency is in the fake-out climax, where she's fighting Fausto. She gets to make her own choices not to kill him. That's when she actualizes her agency. She actually becomes, like, an active character, and I would argue that's her like only moment being like a protagonist of the story. The rest of the story, she's just doing what Scott tells her. Also, I don't know why that reminded me of the scene like we had already talked about with her waking up after basically getting date rape drugged. I was not a fan of the whole, it's easy, Katie. Just tell yourself you're awake. If you don't tell yourself that, you're basically asking for it. And like, that didn't feel good. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of lines like that where he says some shit like, just that old world type of thinking. There's a part of me that's like, well, you know, it was made in 1989, so... And then there's a part of me that's like, no, the guy who made this married a woman who was 20 when he was 50. He made a movie about their love just being such a good love. It's a romance movie where he doesn't explain why he loves this woman other than I love her. I love her. I love her. I love her. He says it a billion times, but never really gets into why that is. And then even her, like, I guess I guess I'm not knocking the people who want to be typical housewife. The movie does kind of play it off to be like, I just wanted to, you know have fun and and he was rich and we could afford to have fun there wasn't a whole lot coming from her either i don't think that she was portrayed as like i'm just trying to have fun i always took it as her being portrayed as like i just want to be the stay-at-home housewife she she did seem like she was trying to do like housework and cook and clean and stuff for him it wasn't like i'm just in this for like all of the hawaii fantasy vacations 
when she talked about it, it seemed like she was like, I want to be a devoted wife to this man. I want to take care of him. I want to cook and clean and stuff. Um, mm. That's how it, that's how it seemed to me when she would talk about it. I imagine that like sort of with all the things that are happening in the plot of the film, it's hard to see all of that and think anything other than no, she was just here for the money and the fun and the cool stuff. The 19 different airplanes that are in this fucking movie that she gets to drive. Right. Like the, the tragic part for her was like, I don't want to run a business. That sounds hard. Yeah. I don't understand how that works. I know how to bake a cake. I don't know how to run a business. And like literally when he walked her through that business meeting, all he did was say, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. Basically. Right. There was nothing interesting in there at all. Uh, she threatened violence upon other businessmen and they threaten violence back. And I just don't feel like that's how business works, but maybe that's because I'm not a businessman. Yeah, I mean, you get into those board meetings and it's just people going, I will cut you. My my heart is cold as ice. Like, damn, man, you guys are fucking straight thugging it out here. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, all right, if we can get back to the pie chart that I made for this meeting, thanks. Like, Shut up, pussy boy. Get over here. <laughs> get over here and put on these brass knuckles. We're going to fuck you up. <laughs> I feel like we wouldn't make it very far in, in business if, if this movie is any indicator for what business is like. Right. They they took like every every chance they could get to get her fucking topless or in like a really skin tight outfit. And I think that's just going to happen anytime. It's like almost any time I see that a director has his wife in a movie or a TV show or anything. It's always just such a fucking blunder. Uh, can you think of any examples of times where you saw like a director wife combo that didn't go terribly? Honestly, like you're the guy that would know these and not me because I, I barely know directors. Uh, it wasn't until after the fact where it was like, oh, starring Bo Derek, <laughs> Bo Derek, directed by John Derek. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know what their thing is, but like something's going on. Uh, th this is when I found out that um, Donald Trump got nominated for a Razzie for like worst supporting actor or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, I could see that. I do not know why they would have him in the movie to begin with. But that just seems like a weird choice. I guess you're probably right. It probably is to uh, provide like credence. This movie's a lot more legitimate because it has this person who's like a popular celebrity guy. They did the same thing in Home Alone 2, but they like basically relegated Donald Trump to a role where he basically just had to say like one line and then walk away. And that was it. And it was, I think it was basically Kevin McAllister going, wow, you own this whole place. And Donald Trump's like, oh, yeah. And he like fucks right off. And I think that's the way you should handle those kind of like celebrity guest appearances in a film. Like just have him show up, wave his hand at the camera and then walk away. That's the right way to do it. Oh, and, and my example for uh, an appearance of a director's wife in his own work being done pretty well was uh, Peacemaker. The recent HBO television show Peacemaker is directed by James Gunn. And his wife is in it as one of the main characters. While they did give her a really cool character to play, I think it's done like pretty well. Like her character's interesting and well-written and it's not just like, oh, I'm going to make my wife into like a sex object. I didn't know when I was watching it, I didn't know that that was his wife. And I looked it up later and found out and I was like, oh, well, at least it's not like, like Rob Zombie has his wife in like almost all of his movies and she's just like topless a lot and doing weird sexy things a lot. And it's just like, Rob Zombie, I don't know what kind of relationship you and your significant other have, but we don't need to know about it. I do find that kind of weird and it, it's probably just indicative of whatever relationship they have going on. But I, I find it weird. It's like, yeah, this movie's going to be basically a description of my love of my wife and God, do I love it when uh, the mayor of Hawaii is just like basically like looking at her tits. Gotta, I love that. Yeah, I, I, 
I don't know why that was such a prevalent thing. If I had a wife and I wanted to show her off to the world, I wouldn't put her in my movies and then specifically have every character in the movie ogling her for like extended scenes while she's doing basic ass dancing. And why couldn't they just hire like a dancer to come in and do some interesting dance moves with like her wig on or whatever to pretend to be the wife and like, damn, she really can dance instead of just like this little two-step where it's clear like, man, when people say white people can't dance, I bet this is an example that they would give. Like, look at this. And all these right. all these different people here are like pretending like this is the sexiest thing ever. You know John Derrick ain't never seen a woman dance in his entire life. I know, they're just casually walking across whatever stage they've made pointing at each other. He didn't have to do any of that. That that was so embarrassing to me that like all those different guys were like, oh god, and she's literally just sort of sashaying back and forth. I, I guess they never specifically said Hawaii I just sort of stereotyped the island as Hawaii, yeah, but it's, it's like it's vacation island. Yeah, but on vacation island, sure they, they they have some sort of traditional dance that they do in in basically no clothes at all. And meanwhile, this woman's wearing like a full dress, and like yeah, it's it's wet or whatever. But and and she's basically just hachaching her way across the fucking floor. N- no. And then she, she has that dirty dancing moment where, like, the water falls on her hair or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? What was that about? I, I do not know. I, I have no clue why that was in the movie. But it happened almost, like, shot for shot recreating the dirty dancing scene. So crazy. This movie confuses me more than... I know that there's been other movies where I walk up at the end of it and I'm just like, hey, that didn't make any sense. But, like, we came back... After the movie, I didn't even have the energy to pretend that there was something smart here. I, I didn't even... But Did you notice I didn't ask you what the smart thing was? I do not believe I have anything for you on what the smart <laughs> thing for this movie would be. It did feel like, of all the movies we've watched, this is the most just like, I'm making a movie for my own wish fulfillment purposes. And it translates to pretty bad movie. Um, I don't imagine John Derrick is a particularly like prevalent director. I don't even look up what he has like come out with. It's just a lot of movies that have Bo Derrick in them, it turns out. Maybe that's what we got to do. We got to go on a deep dive and one of these episodes will just be us being like, hey, normally we watch a movie and we come back, but uh, we're going to go watch everything John Derrick has made and we'll let you know if we find a gem. Yeah, I mean, he's directed quite a few different things and one of these could potentially be like a good one, but as I'm looking at them, none of them really appear to be, or at least anything that I've heard of. One of these could just be like that hidden gem, like I'll Be Seeing You could just be like that movie that like bought him enough like- uh, Director clout. Yeah, that he could just keep making movies for forever. But yeah, yeah, it's it's just, it's nuts that uh, he was an actor as well. So that's why I say that he might've acted in any one of these given movies. It, it could be the case that one of these is just that movie that like, you know, jumped his career up to that point where he could just make whatever the fuck he wanted. And he decided for the ending portion of his career, he was just going to make like little sweet movies with his, with his wife. And like, in a way that's kind of tragic, but in another way, at a certain point in his, in his life, he was a 50 year old man who married a 20-year-old woman, and I'm certain he didn't marry her the day he met her. He probably knew her for a while, and you're right, James, he probably groomed her in a really creepy, culty kind of way. You know, in the movie where they have that whole thing in the beginning, it's like, that's kinky. We've never been kinky. What if this is his kink? It's like, I just, uh, I like the exhibitionist idea of uh, the world seeing my naked wife. I like being cucked, but I don't, I, I want to be the one that's cucking me. <laughs> Oh, fuck me. That's great. (laughs) Nothing against people who like being cucked, but it's kind of weird when you're like, I like being cucked, but I'm insecure, so I don't want another guy banging it out with her. Unless he's me. If, I if want it to be my dick, but somebody else's as well. Yeah, uh, that's. I think that's just like, you've got a lot of confusion going on in your sexuality, and you need to kind of get that figured out, right? <laughs> oh, I don't know why that got me so good.
<laughs> yeah, there's some there's some interesting stuff going on here, and the and the number of times where like weird like religious type of stuff, like she brings up how she's never been with another man before. I guess she saved herself for marriage, and that's cool and everything. But like, well, yeah, when you're 20, how many people could you? Well, like nowadays, how probably a, a bit, but 1986, yeah, not not terribly too many, I suppose. Just a number of things that we like sort of associate with religious folks, like saving it till marriage or like being in a very white toast sort of wedding or maybe, sort of marriage. Maybe it was cheaper for him to make this movie than to like see a therapist and work through his fucking problems. I hate to say it, but I think, again, you might be right. He might just have all these like different things he wants to say about his weird marriage to Bo Derek that he doesn't have a chance to say. And that, that makes even more sense why none of this is him explaining or showing us why it is he loves Bo Derek. He thinks her naked body is the explanation. Just look at her. Wouldn't you love her? Everybody else does. Everybody's always ogling her. I swear to God, this movie has so much like Donald Trumpian style like rhetoric in it. <laughs> like that like, yeah, just grab her by the vagina. It'll be fine type of shit. He, he was in this movie for a reason. He read the script and he went, this is genius. <laughs> Mr. Derek, you made a movie about me and you didn't cast me in it? I'll do anything Uh, in your movie, but you gotta mention how good my book is at some point. (laughs) Oh my fucking god. All I have to do is tell your wife that she's hot? I already grabbed her by the vagina, sir, but sure enough, I'll do that scene for you. I'm surprised they didn't have the Art of the Deal, like, sitting on the table during that business meeting. The business meeting should have been about Art of the Deal, so they could be like, we're trying to buy the rights of it. And Donald like, Trump's trying to stop us. I read your book, The Art of the Deal, available in bookstores everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. That is horrifying that that made it into an actual movie. I'm not I'm not surprised, but I'm horrified by it. Yep. Art of the Deal would have come out literally two years before this film. And it didn't have the sales that he thought, so he had to fucking stan it somewhere. He had to shill it. He had to shill for this fucking thing. That's just, that's too, I'm not strong enough for this shit, man. The wedding scene where they actually get married, like Fausto and uh, Katie, and she's wearing like a red dress. Surprisingly well-made scene. It looks really fucking good. I thought it was kind of jarring that it wasn't Fausto's voice anymore. While jarring, it wasn't done poorly because they could have made that a lot worse. It wasn't horrible. There was a couple of times where the lip sync did not line up perfectly, but I, I was willing to give that a pass. I just thought it was kind of jarring and for like nobody to bring that up. One of the things that was sort of frustrating about the movie was the like weird water effect and having it like cut from the water effect version of old man talking to her and then cut back to her in the real world. Why not just literally have him in the scene whenever other people are around, he disappears. I mean, it couldn't have been a limitation of the time because they had other special effects before this, right? Like yeah, you said, and, uh, and, and and the thing I just described to you requires no effects, none. It would literally just. Oh, be, you mean like literally just have him not yeah. being ethereal, just him as a person being in the scene when yeah. other people aren't. Yep. And then as soon as somebody comes around and is like, "Katie, are you okay? You're talking to nothing." She's like, "No, my husband's right here." And then as soon as they leave, he's back, and we can see him again. It's just to let us know that whenever other people are looking, he can't be seen by them. She can still see him with the letting us know that person's perspective. I think that would have been nice. It would have given us yet another reason to cut out Angel Lady from her non-existent role in the movie. Would have just made the movie a lot easier to watch instead of just cutting back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. God. I think it would have made it more realistic to have like have her looking at face level talking to him as well. Instead of being talking to somebody and then doing that weird thing where she cocked her head up at the sky. Scott, what do you think? Yeah, and 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 to weirdly have her like 
looking up at the sky to like talk about these things and then other times looking next to her and i guess his ethereal body can just move around and she's basically able to see him most of the time it's just weird that she was talking at clouds at one point she's talking to him like he's literally sitting inches away from her she's even like screaming up into the sky when she's on her little floating boathouse and and then fausto shows up and it's like oh where is he just right here beside me actually and then back to screaming at the sky. I, again, I don't think this movie's bad per se. There are definitely some choices that make it sort of a slog to watch, and it's not as high quality as some other films. It's not bad. It's just really bizarre and weird. And I feel uh, like any good points that, that are in it were like by pure chance. There are definitely like all the things that we've pointed out that were like, this is actually pretty solid, were either things we thought were about to happen or things that did happen, but don't seem to happen very consistently, because there were a ton of times where they could have done that. Again, right, they had they had good shots. It's just that, like, I feel like like this is some experimental movie, and in the course of making it, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I see, I saw you walk by the fishbowl, and it made your face look really weird. That would be a cool shot. I had a good time watching the movie. I laughed a lot. I had, you know, if you're looking for a movie to, like, have a good laugh at and to poke some fun at, this is a fucking great one for it. I feel like this movie is begging for a for a ghost can't do it too. Fausto now trying to kill a young hot piece. Honestly, I think that that story is probably a lot more interesting than this story because we can kind of skip over a lot of the stupid parts of this movie that are like trying to explain how this works a little bit and cut right to the cool part where he's like, "I'm just a creepy old dude in a young man's body trolling for puss." <laughs> That's that's hilarious and fun and definitely very offensive. And it was dude, and that becomes so much cooler when like Fausto has now become like, you know, let's say he's uh, you know, he'd be like let's say he's 50 now. So he's a little bit older. And Katie's passed away now, but her ghost is sort of following him around and she's kind of an older actress telling him like, "Hey, ba ba ba." And she has to kind of teach him how to like treat women, basically, because it seems like Katie knows how women actually want to be treated outside of like a shitty, like we want to follow those Christian values type of marriage. She knows that like she wants to be danced with, you know, all this stuff. It would be nice to see her kind of guiding him to try to find like a woke woman in 2022 and lure lure her to get murdered, basically. That would be Try to to teach him out of all of his fucking bad habits where he's like, no, I don't dance and I hate women who dance. And he's... She's like, Scott, you can't do that these days. Nowadays, you have to, especially if you're an older guy, and he's like, no, I'm just rich. I'll just take them on a bunch of trains and boats and planes, and then they'll they'll want to fucking have sex with me. And then when they go to have sex with me, I'll kill them. (laughs) And Donald Trump will be in the next movie, too, just doing (laughs) that same shit. (laughs) He'll just, God, if we could just get Donald Trump onto this for just one scene where he's like, he goes to Donald Trump, and he's like, he doesn't believe Katie. He's like, no, Katie, you don't know about I'm going to go to the master. And he goes to Donald Trump, and he asks him, like, what should I do? Mr. Trump, what do you what do you think? And Donald Trump's like, oh uh, yeah, you're just doing all the stuff I would do. And then like maybe that's what makes him realize, like, oh fuck, maybe I am fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Well, we, we we fixed this movie. We we solved it. As we typically do. Like we we just write better movies. On the day where we have to write a movie, we're gonna write this movie, but 15 times worse. I'm I'm willing to put money on it. That's what all the we're, critics are gonna say. They're gonna come in and be like, yeah, there was like good character development, I get, but but nobody was looking at her tits. <laughs> but hey, I think that I think that'll probably do it for today. We can just call it right here and mash this bad boy together. All right, cue the outro music. <laughs> Thank you.